welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Uh, my name is C.J. Reynolds. I run this thing called Real Rap with Reynolds. It's a YouTube channel and beyond these days. And the whole idea here is to uh, provide content that I wish existed when I started teaching. So I do this thing on Sunday nights. I have this live feed, Sunday Night Teacher Talk with the hope of helping people get ready for Monday, even though this week we have a three-day weekend because it is formerly Christopher Columbus Day, now Indigenous Peoples Day slash Genocide Awareness. I think that's what it's called. Sometimes they make titles too long. That's too long of a name. Oh, they try and please everybody. Well, I just, I think both of those are important. I feel like they should get their own day. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, so that's the idea. If, uh, If you have a question, you go ahead, you leave it in the chat. And then I will answer it and I will get like the faster you get in here and the faster you get your question in the chat, the more likelihood there is to answer it. I am going to try and go quick tonight because no I just right had now. coffee and I'm feeling, I'm feeling spicy. That could mean that you either go really long because you had coffee or you could go through them really fast. Or too we'll quickly. Um, so real quick, uh, while people are still getting in here, <clears throat> I want to address the fact that I've not put out an actual video in a long time. I was supposed to have one last Saturday and I recorded it and guess what? I had no sound, so I couldn't go up. So I re-recorded it and then it's just been cra- like stuff at school that I can't even go into. Like if you watch the news, you, I don't know, um, but stuff at school and then stuff with Upgrade Ed launched our new thing last night, our new course about like conferences and stuff like that. But then just a lot. Is it like the book? Like there's all this stuff going on with the book where I'm trying to get my cover art finished. And I got like my first set of like notes back from the editor. So like that's all been going on. So the plan is going forward to have like more videos. I have several videos shot. I think I'm trying to edit one tonight after we're done here. But um, yeah. So anyway, that, I just wanted to give everyone a quick update as to what's going on with that situation. Um, I'm getting school emails as we speak. <clears throat> Anything else you want to bring up? Um, I'll be in North Jersey next week speaking, but that's only for principals. Teach Better Conference. Oh, Teach Better Conference. Um, you can go to it's November. Let's 8th do this. How much is what's the sale thing? Do you know? No, there's too many emails. Like, there's so many emails. Right teach Better is look. If you're interested in going, Teach Better is uh, there's a Teach Better Conference happening in Akron, Ohio. It is in the beginning of November. I think it's the fifth, and I'm speaking along with like Dave and Shelly Burgess and Adam Welcome and Tyle Thompson Just and a whole bunch of really, really good people. It's a really great lineup. Um, there's a discount. If you want to go, hit me up and I can give you, I'll send you the code for the discount. And then um, we, I think I get something out of it, right? No, you don't. You get nothing. No. All right. So I just wanted to let them know if I did. They're I don't really care special. if I get anything out of it. I just wanted you to have a discount code if you can get one. Because I think it's going to be actually like a really great conference. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I don't know that I would have ever been, I don't know anything about Akron, Ohio. No, but you're going to see Tracy Pinter because she's going to be there. So if you want to go see Tracy, if you want to meet, meet Tracy Pinter, IRL, she will be there in it's real two, life. Tracy said it's 200 for two days, but there, I don't know what the discount code thing brings that down to. I'm not really sure. Right. But under that. So, so that's good to know. Yeah. Cool. Start All your right. question. All right. Jumping in the questions. Um, Regina. Oh, that was my mom's name. I love it. Um, how do you handle being observed by the director? Regina, look, I think this has to do with, um, I used to get really nervous because I felt like it really, really mattered. And I don't know that it does. I, I like, I maybe different things for different people. So like, if you're a beginning teacher, like maybe if they're going to give you tenure or something like that, that matters. But I think it's more, I, so I do it like this. I don't like being on defense. I don't like having to worry about what someone's going to think about me. So I, if I'm getting observed, I'll say, Hey, look, just on the front end, I want you to know, this is what I'm trying to do today. And I'd love your feedback when I'm finished. And then when you go into that meeting, so at our school, uh, typically if you get observed, there's a meeting afterwards, I would sit down and when they're asking you questions or pointing things out, say, well, what'd you think about this? And what about this? And what about this? So what you're doing is leaning into the situation instead of like, having someone lean into you, you're kind of like, no, give me all the feedback. Like I want to listen to all of it. And I think that's good for two reasons. One, it puts you on offense and and not defense. 
and two, it uh, shows people that you're not afraid and that like you you want to grow as a teacher and you're trying to get better and you're admitting that you are not flawless. And so that's what I do all the time. I love asking questions about what they thought about stuff, but sometimes I have to tell them what they're seeing so they know what to follow for or what to look for. Um, that's pretty quick, right? And thorough. You're not really listening to me. Okay. I'm going to just destroy my life. Um, got a troller going on down there. Uh, Tracer, to get rid of that. Yeah, they're doing a great job. All right. Um, Rebecca Wood is saying, what do you do when students refuse to work and say that the only reason they are here is because uh, they're legally required to be? Um, I love that conversation because it is like kids trying to flex their muscles, right? And look, I think if you think back to... If you think back to being, I'm sorry, I'm being distracted because Nigel Lane, who was in my class, is saying hello to me. What's up, man? Um, so they, I think when you're young, there are very few things you can really kind of flex your muscles towards, right? It is the haircut that drives your parents nuts, which is why teenagers like getting mohawks It's or dyeing their hair. It is the music that you listen to. And it's the people that you date sometimes. There's not a whole lot else that you can do. Like, it's like boring. Like, everyone talks about they wish they could go back and, like, be a teenager. And just like, why? Just it sucked. It was super awkward all the time. Um, so I think the other thing is maybe whether or not you're going to do schoolwork, whether or not this is important. Just because someone's telling you a thing's important, are you deciding to, to swallow that pill? And so I love having the conversation with students in private of, like, well, look, what do you want to do? then like, what's, what's the goal? Maybe high school isn't a part of it for you. Maybe you should wait until you're 16 or whatever, and then drop out of school. And then that would be interesting. Um, but tell me what you want to do. And then that's interesting to see like what kids want to do and then trying to help them figure out like, maybe you just want to go do parkour, right? You want to be an Instagram star and do parkour. Well, if you get business contracts, if you're going to do business with someone with a brand, you don't have to know how to like spell and type something up and communicate in an effective way. They don't want to deal with someone that looks or sounds like a dummy. So it's, it's like, maybe that is something that's important to you. So like, let's hone in on that. Like I can help you with that. So it's about trying to figure out where kids want to go and then fitting school in. Cause not everything in school is something you're going to use, man. Like you're, you're just not, but you have to play the game as though you're trying to get something out of it, right? Teaching kids to go on offense and not just defense as well is, is important. Um, Emily Woodhouse is saying, how do, you, how do you manage students that all dislike each other? I get a lot of name calling that I miss and general nastiness with 12 to 13 year olds. Yeah, I get that a lot too. Um, <clears throat> for me, it becomes, I don't care if you're getting along in my class um, or in, in life, but in my class, you need to be respectful. And so I take points off for stuff like that. I take imaginary points off for stuff like that. I will uh, just, it, it is about teaching kids that who cares if you don't like each other? Like, it's, I just don't care. But in my class, we're not doing that. Um, it's the same way I handle fights. If kids start roughhousing, I go, yo, you can't fight in here. If you want to fight after school, go ahead. But you just can't fight right now because this is, this is about me right now. And that's enough ridiculousness to kind of stop kids. Uh, so, or talk to them one-on-one -on -one and be like, yo, what's going on with you, with the two of you? And so that having that conversation really, really helps. And maybe having conversations with both of them and saying, here's my problem with this. It's not even that you're calling each other names or that you're being disrespectful to one another. Although that could be your, your undercover issue. Um, also, like how do you motivate students to work? Okay, so I think it is, um, saying, here's what's really happening. You're disrupting everyone else in the class, right? So you're like making it like some of these dudes in here are showing up to work and they're trying really hard and it's a struggle for them. And you're making it more difficult for them because you're constantly talking all the time. So you just change the whole idea. It's like, yeah, they're calling each other names, but really the bigger problem is that they're creating an issue by talking too much. And so that's, I think everyone can hear that. And then you're empowering them because they're being quiet is empowering someone else. So you're putting that power in their hands. It's going to be interesting. And then kids, motivating kids that don't want to work. I think it's, it's a couple of things. It's sometimes I do, but sometimes I have a kid last week that fell asleep four times in one week, bro. I'm just not doing it. Like I'm just not waking you up every single time, but then 
when you failed, then when you wanted to work for the day, then when you said, wait, I didn't know we were actually doing something today. Now you just got zeros on all that stuff. And so you have to kind of learn the hard way. And then I don't just, I don't just leave it there. I'll just drop the mic and say, you got a zero. It's like going forward. Here's how this is going to work out. Like you can do this, 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 and this next week to bring that grade back up. But right now your grade is going to keep suffering and I'm not changing it. So I, I think that can help as well. But like, um, Again, back to the other question that I answered, it's like it's about helping kids to realize why school's actually important for their chosen career path or for their future. Because um, even 12 year olds know what they want to do to some extent, even if it's not what they become. I mean, I wanted to be a trash man when I was that age because I thought driving on the back of the truck looked amazing. And if you ever watch a trash truck like crush a couch, it's pretty impressive. And I felt like I could do that all day. Uh, Kristen is asking, what's up, Kristen? I see you on here all the time. How do you feel about a balanced grade scale? The lowest grade, the lowest grade the kid with an IEP can get is a 50. I'm required to put in it on IEPs and gen ed teachers keep fighting me on it. Uh, would you do it? So I think, yes, I would do it because it's in the IEP. Here's the bottom line with any of this stuff. Now I've had at my old school, um, they would change my grades constantly or they would tell us that we couldn't put anything lower than a 50 or a 55 for uh for a marking period that made no sense to me because some kids have three and i think that some kids you have to learn the hard way like that's that's just the way that it is um that being said i am i think an iep is like is law to me. Like if someone else decided that that's the case, I think that's the case. Now, here's the thing. Nobody gets away with anything. Even kids that if they got a 50 or a 55 mandated by me, right? So now let's say they graduate from high school. Let's say they, they don't go to summer school. They go into the next grade. Let's say they go to college. Let's say some of that even works out in college and they get out of college. You're not winning at life. If you're getting an eighth place trophy like that, that's not real Gary V right there. But like, um, you are not winning at life if you are, if you're getting kind of pushed along. And, you know, what am I going to do about that? What, there's nothing that you can do about it. So I say just put it in. I would be real with the student, say, let's be mindful though. This is what your grade actually was. Like it was actually a 32. And although this is like you're getting this boost, I don't see how this ends up helping you in the future. And I would just have that very real conversation with a kid, not a way to make them feel bad. I just want to keep it real. So you understand what's happening because I think sometimes kids pass and it's not. So I just had this uh, conversation with my friend, Miss list at school. We can't have kids passing that aren't mastering the content. You can't just pass because you were a nice guy or because you know, a piece of paperwork said so. But so I think, I think that's, it's tricky, but the IEP stuff too is, is tricky. Anyway, I, I know I'm going long on this question. Because maybe like IEP kids sometimes <clears throat> the game's rigged, it's stacked against them. And so they just can't. The like, grade doesn't even matter for IEP kids, right? It's Well, I mean, some I of just, them it does. But some guys graduate on goals and not on, on grades. But I don't know what the school's like. Maybe there's like not services there. Maybe there are services. There. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, so like, it just, it's, it's kind of a mute point for an IEP student. I mean, I get that it's not, but it, there's so many other variables that yeah. go into that. That it's, So I would it's, say just play the game. Yeah, the exactly. Game um, like, wah, wah. Not really, but wah, wah. If you're out there, I mean, get out of here. come on. You wouldn't want free wah, wah coffee forever. Do ya, um, Naika? I think I'm saying that Naika Richard. Uh, how do you handle those few students who sleep all the time? I teach 11th and 12th grade English. I, I think it's about realizing why are you sleeping? Like I, I, I say ridiculous stuff to kids all the time. I go, so I teach all boys, and I'll say, um, "Hey, what's going on, man? I see you're, you're sleeping like all the time." And they'll say, "Well, yeah, I'm just really tired." And I'll say, "Well, um, you know who's tired all the time are people that are pregnant." So you might want to like get that checked out. And it's just like that. It's so dumb that you're just like, what are you talking about? And then we can have a conversation about it. Or I, I, I think it is, it's always about having the conversation because I think kids are sleeping because they don't think this is worth it or because they don't think they're worth it or because they don't think they're going anywhere with this. And so it's always about breaking down 
what happens next. Now, what look, once you break it down, if someone chooses to still sleep, I've done anything from I'll have kids stand up at their desks, stand in the back of the room, go get a drink of water, um, take a walk for a second, just give them a zero for the day, or just call home and be like, yo, your kid is asleep every day. He keeps getting zeros on his classwork. There is no makeup work, and I don't do extra credit for those sorts of things in my classroom. Um, I just want you to know what's going on. You're not just getting someone in trouble. You're like, because that's never my goal. My goal is to just put parents on notice. Um, because that's what's happening in class all the time. And so that's how I would handle kind of dealing with that. That's a good, I'm not a real big proponent of calling home, but I think that that's a good one to call home on. What you got? Are you, are you unprepared for my next I know, question? Because someone told me that uh, IEP student grades matter and I just wanted to oh. comment back. Okay. Um, John Lopez is asking, if you had a chance to memorize a book like characters, from Fahrenheit 451, which book would it be? Damn. I'm going to go real weird here. Uh, there's a book by this guy, Thomas Merton, called The Seven Story Mountain. And I just think he is fantastic. He is a monk in Kentucky, and I just think that he's wonderful. So that's that would be my book that I would pick. What else you got? I know that IP question is is tricky. Like, I just feel that's like... It's a long one to talk about. It's yeah. not a quick thing, and this is not what we're, like... no. It, you, we could talk the hour on the whole thing. Yeah, that, for Literally. sure. For sure. You want me to sing? Uh, no. Okay. There's one right there. Oh, it's got so close. Summer Tate, what's up? Is saying, just started a pride club with our counselors at our middle school. There has been a lot of bullying lately that the kiddos may want to discuss. Any advice on facilitating the club discussion, et cetera? Thanks. Summer, I would say, so if I were to do something like that, it would be... There, how, how I'm trying to think of how I do this. It would definitely not be academic. There would be no mandatory writing or, or reading uh, like attached to it. It would be conversation based. Sitting around in a circle, having a conversation, and letting you are just facilitating the conversation. So, like, what's a time that you felt um, targeted for who you were, or what is um, who is someone that handles some of the things that you all are dealing with in school really gracefully or who like, like maybe that's, that's a good example. What's something along the lines of like just getting kids to talk and then letting them figure out what's going on, letting them figure out how to communicate with one another. And you are sitting there like a peer instead of like a teacher that I think that that's really important. So I love, we had a whole conversation about race last week in, in class. And so like, I'm not going to get into it here, but a kid came in and he goes, Reynolds, would you tell these kids that black people can't be racist or can be racist? And so I was like, well, let's have that conversation. So we like sat around, this is during lunch. We sat around a table and just talked about it. And I just, I didn't even share my opinion. I literally just sit, would like stop kids and go like, well, hold on. He's not finished talking yet. Let's make sure that we're listening to his whole point of view so that if you want to counteract that, um, you, can, you have an informed decision. And so it's just doing things like that help it. But I think that you'll find that giving kids that safe space where they can just talk about something that actually matters to their life is going to be way easier than you think. Um, Connor is saying, if you were not teaching, what would you do? What do you think you'd be doing? Um, if I wasn't teaching now, I think I would just want to run real rap with Reynolds. I just am finding it so powerful to travel around the country, to speak to different people, to encourage and, and inspire teachers. And in a way where I don't feel like what I'm saying is just inspirational. I love the idea that I'm like actually giving things like ideas to teachers that they can go into school the next day and implement outside of that i don't know probably one of my fallback plans would probably still be a clown i think that's what i would do oh hooray come on mm -hmm. we could be clowns together no you could be like a straight person and i'll be the clown no that's what it is here answer come on man you know when we were in africa and i was no. doing clown stuff in that hospital that was one of the best days of your life um so jagger riley is asking do you, how do you push through? It's my third, 
period. That should be the end of that question. I could speak on that for days. <laughs> it's my third year, and this year's ad administration is coming down hard on me. I am getting weekly observations where I'm getting penalized on every minor thing. <clears throat> Jaeger, I think, I, I don't know if it's Jagger or Jaeger. Guess it depends on where you're from. Senior Riley, I would say, um, oh gosh, I think, I think teaching is so much about mindset um, that I'm just disconnected from the good opinion of others. And what I mean, and look, that's not easy for me to say because I totally like when people like me and I don't like when people don't like me. So I, you know, I would, again, I would lean in. I would say, what do you, like, that's, like, if someone says, you're not doing this and you need to be doing it, it's like, well, break that down for me because I think that's really interesting what you are saying right now or what you're thinking. So, I, to be honest, and, like, I don't know if people from school are watching this or not, I feel like we have a, a lot of extra stuff to do this year. Like, teachers have a lot of responsibilities outside of just planning and implementing or, or executing those plans in class. So like a lot, a lot of stuff. And so one of my conversations coming up is going to be with the, the powers that be to just say like, and I've already done this with like some leadership, but it's like, how do you envision this taking place in class? Like I want to do a great job, right? Let me say that this is where this comes from. It doesn't come from me just complaining. I want to do a really great and effective job as a teacher and a community member in the school, but I'm not sure how to, implement all these things and still plan and teach and build relationships with students, which I think are the three most important reasons. Like they're the reasons I'm here. Like paperwork is not the reason that I'm here. Documentation is not the reason that I'm here. And I, I see that there's value in those things, but all this work that we're doing is taking away from my ability to like really teach and be, and be great at what I'm doing. So I would just ask more poignant questions about that. Um, you could also, I think the Facebook group is a really great place or like signing up for mentoring might be able to help you as well. Um, so that's, those are possibilities too. But I, I think, you know, just I, the other part is just self-care, like taking care of yourself, like going, making sure you are having fun, you're doing stuff that's important to you. Um, I had stuff to do all week. And like one day I came home and Brody says, dad, ever since you started the business, we don't do anything together. And I thought you're kind of right. Like not completely. Like I still do stuff, but like that really just punched me in the face. So I just scrapped everything I had to do. And we grabbed the dog and we went to the woods for the rest of the day and just like climbed trees and hiked and looked for stuff and talked and like hung out. And it was awesome. But like, that made me so much better when I came home, which made me so much better the next day because I wasn't just in that loop of school in my head the whole time. My buddy, Amy Russell is saying, I have a new nine week class starting up after next week. I lost control of the last batch of students. So I'm dreading teaching this again. Any tips on how to start fresh and not fixate on how I messed up? Yeah, Amy, I think, look, it's always a different group. So I have i teach my hip-hop class like all year but it's like uh an elective for different amounts of time sometimes it's great sometimes the kids go with it we talk about cool stuff we're like it's all over the place it's awesome and then other times it just sucks because it's like the it's like the wrong combination of kids that are in there so i would i would literally start planning that class out in my head or on paper and think about i think this is important for everyone for every class right i think this is an important idea what would it look like if that class was the best like someone was walking down the hallway they looked in your window and they thought Yo, i want to be in that class what would that actually look like because i think too many times we are thinking about classroom management instead of like something else like the, the flip of whatever the hell classroom management is um that that gets you excited. It gets the kids excited because now you're thinking about, oh yeah, what if, and then if everyone behaved and if they did the work, like we could do this and we could go here and we can go outside or we could do this activity. And instead we think about things like, well, I can't go outside because I have these three dudes and they're all going to not listen or they're going to get themselves in trouble or this person's probably going to disappear or I can't do that project because these four kids aren't going to do any work um, or they're all going to believe like it's like 
when you have groups of four, you all know that only one or two people do the work. And those other two kids, they don't really do crap. So it's figuring that stuff out too. Um, are we dying? I told you. I'm sorry. It's getting dark in here. You need a miner's helmet. You need, you know, a light ring, which you have one. I do need a light ring, but it's in the trunk, and I don't really feel like getting <laughs> it right now. Uh, Manny C is saying, I'm considering teaching, but I'm a little concerned about the quitting rate. I see a lot of videos on YouTube about teachers who quit because of unrealistic testing. I would love to hear your, that's a second parter, I think, on there. Thoughts, we'll just say. Okay. Yeah, because I don't see it on there. Uh, oh, here it is. Oh. oh, no, that was, she was talking about somebody else. Um, Manny, I, that's a tricky question. I think it depends on where you teach. I have full autonomy just about in my classroom. My classroom looks the way that I want it to look. I am allowed to teach the things that I want to teach. I'm allowed to teach the way that I want to teach. I'm allowed to take as long as I want on certain things. Um, I just, that's, there's a lot of freedom there. I know teachers. I spoke at somewhere recently where like a group of teachers pulled me aside and said, we have zero autonomy. Like, and all the tests are made by some kind of company. So like every day there's an there's a activity and there's a test at the end of it. And that test has to go in by the end of the day. And some kids aren't ready to take the test and their parents get upset. And it's like, there's all that too. I really think it depends on where you're going to teach. I, I don't know that I would want to teach just anywhere like that. It just sounds like that level of micromanaging. It really, I think the hardest part for teachers is not even the lack of resources, the overcrowded classrooms or any of that stuff. It is the complete and utter lack of, of the powers that be looking at teachers like they're actually professionals at something. Um, we're instead looked out at as like cogs and machine, right? Which I think we're moving towards this model of like teachers being obsolete and being replaced by computers because we think that there's this one size fits all method that's actually going to work in education. And it doesn't, there's no silver bullet in education It is always teachers having a, um, the ability in their classrooms to gauge students and then figuring out what those students need to reach their maximum growth potential. And so I, I think teaching is awesome. I think it, it is a joy in my life. I love it. Um, there are, it's very, very difficult. So you kind of have to be cut out for that because you're dealing with things like secondary trauma. You're dealing with things like with kids not wanting to learn or with no, no resources or with the stuff that surrounds your school or whatever. Um, but I think if you really want to do it, just be mindful of like where you want to teach as well. But I think if you want to do it, like maybe just go try it somewhere, like go tutor or work at an after school program or something like that. I'll give you a sense of like whether or not this really feels like something you want to engage with. Um, Kimberly Wallback, our old friend, advice for a parrot in a class of unruly high schoolers and a teacher that doesn't care how they behave, dude. I mean, Yikes. gosh, that I have never been in that position, but I'll tell you the position I've been in is there are a number of classes that are taught in my classroom. And when you, and I don't have any, there's no one bad this year, but like there have been classes in the past where I'm sitting at my desk, I'm trying to do work and it is mayhem in my classroom. And it is very hard to ignore because you're there and you see kids or you hear what they're saying or how they're acting or how they're treating one another. And it's like, I'm about to like, like backseat drive your, your class, but it gets out of control in there sometimes. And it's really damaging for students and it's damaging for my classroom because kids are messing stuff up in there. Um, I think having a conversation with that teacher about what their expectations are and, and how kids are going to best learn. I think that's number one. Number two, I think I, you, as I'm feeling like as a para, if I was in that situation, I would find students that wanted to learn, that wanted to do better, that I was concerned about. And then I would sit with them that's who i would communicate with and and all the wild ones that like are just the teacher can't get under control like that's not your responsibility because you're you're there to help you're there to be an uh, a gift to the class and if the teacher is just like letting kids run wild then i would just i would hone in on the kids that really need it and that can really use your help maybe you can even split the class i've had times where like i've had my in-class support like take a certain number of students to another room, whether that's for testing or so it's quieter when they're reading or something like that. And that really helps too. And just say like, Hey, can I pull these four guys today? And like, we'll go across the hall and we'll do this thing. That, that sort of activity could help as well. 
Um, this this is someone from my class, uh, I think. The Ice Cube family, yeah, I, I, think, I think they are from BL. Uh, what happens if one of us fought in front of you? Um, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think if you were bigger than me, you better be able to rock that thing out because there's not a chance in hell that I'm going to try and break up a fight of two kids that are the size of small bears because I'm just going to get hurt and I'm too old for that. Um, it, no one fights in my class. It just doesn't happen. I, I play love jams if someone tries to fight. Or I just like my other thing that I've been doing lately in the past couple of years is like I pretend that I'm recording it and I'm going to put it on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, no, no, like violence among students gets me more views and so i like i start recording it and i'm like here we are again you know it looks like things are gonna get wild here and then that's just like what i because i think what kids are looking for is an out i don't think anyone ever wants to fight they're always they get to the brink where they're just about to hit and then they want someone to disrupt that so that it doesn't really happen and that's what takes place all the time we got uh andre knight that sounds like a dj name like a slow dj my name is Andre Knight. Um, what do you do if a kid? What do you do if a kid pees themselves? That's the question. I had one the other day, and I wasn't sure the best way of dealing with the situation. I would say I've never had a kid pee themselves, um, but I did have. A, well, actually, a kid pooped themselves one time. High school. Remember that. The old school, the, the principal was walking down the hallway and he saw something on the floor and he realized it was someone had diarrhea. And this is a great part of the podcast. <laughs> uh, and he like followed the trail and found the kid in a stall in the bathroom. And so he went to, maybe this is the move. He, uh, Dean Nigro, that I used to work with, went to the lost and found, got sweatpants and a sweatshirt out of lost and found that someone left, yeah. took them to the student in the bathroom got him some paper towels and stuff like that kid cleaned himself up got him a trash bag to put his other stuff in Aww. so it didn't like help him or anything and then gave him clothes to just change into because you'd rather wear anything yeah. like you'd rather find some stuff on the street and put it on Aww. so that's what he did and then that's how he got him out of class i think it it is all about preserving someone's <laughs> dignity I, th I laughed because i thought you were talking about like a little one and i don't teach little kids but like it is all about preserving someone's dignity and letting them know that it's okay that like this isn't something you want to follow them for the rest of their lives. Uh, and so that's why I would just be mindful of. I've seen kids, I went to school with kids who had like an accident in front of the class and peed themselves. And then it just ruined them for life. Like they ended up moving away and meeting people on the internet to get married to before meeting people on the internet was a thing you did. Um, <coughs> and like never came to the high school reunions or anything. So that I would say it's all about preserving dignity, whatever you have to do to make that happen. <laughs> um i already answered that one. Oh, i'm laughing at these ladies are funny follow the truth <laughs> yep that was that was a gross one that kid wasn't even nice either he was like mean to all the other kids and i always wanted to remind him like bro you pooped yourself in school you're not allowed like once you <laughs> that is not preserving someone's dignity no but after the fact like they were in class i mean they were rotten to other kids like just downright mean right like, you, you pooped yourself you know you're not allowed to make fun of anyone anymore for the rest of your life mm. kathy toner is saying um hey cj and fam hey kathy Hi. question i'm a new teacher and i started teaching high school english this year this past friday before the long weekend i was called into the principal's office and was told they're letting me go because of MA law. I'm not exactly sure what that is. Um, but they can do this without, they can do this without notice or reason within 60 days of my hire date. All they said was I wasn't keeping up. Even my mentor was surprised. Do you uh, have any tips on how to handle this going forward with applying to new schools? I was only at the old school for a month and a half. Um, that is crazy. I would, I would really ask your, look, I, I, I want to know more information. So it's like, and not because you're trying to keep your job or you want to trick them or you want to prove them wrong. It's like going into your next position, <laughs> what sorts of things they see or not see that you needed to be doing. Um, Maybe it wasn't that though. Like if they're not going to tell you for a reason, but they're within their rights within the 60 days, there could be a, a whole nother reason that has nothing to do with you. 
That's true. Someone they just had a, it's a budgetary thing. But that's why I think We're getting put the more answers work on these other teachers, but they're never going to tell you that. But I would ask because what I don't want to do is I don't like speculating, right? Sure, like this I is think. my thing. It's like because I would sit there and try and figure it out, and I think it's like just like thinking for me, I would just think, well, that's your loss, bro. Like I, I'm willing to do anything I have to do to teach here, um, but you know. I don't know what else to do with that. What do you do? I don't think there's a whole lot you can do. I think you can ask and I would do that. And then if they really don't give you any feedback, I would go off of the assumption that it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And I would tell your next employer that I would be honest and say, they gave me literally no feedback. Yeah. And I'm awesome. So I'm trying to be the best. And I would tell them like, you know, my mentor says I was doing great. Yada, yada, yeah. all those things. But yeah, I would just have a talk with your mentor and then really listen to what they say uh, and, and go off of that. That's that's what I would do. Um, and then just try and get another job. Like, I mean, it's harder to get a job now in a school that you're really going to want to be in because it's like beginning of the year already started. But uh, they exist or I, I would consider doing something like um, tutoring. It will bring in a lot of money or. Uh, I think I still think Dada ABC is a good yeah. move. I, I did a product deal with them before, so like I'm affiliated with them or was, but they do like you, kids. yeah, VIP kids or Dada ABC. I know better where you like uh, tutor kids in China, and it's all scripted. It's just on your computer. You just have to have like their color shirt on and headphones and a good internet connection, and you get a job and it pays like thirty dollars an hour. Um, so that could be an option as well. But that sucks, man. I'm really sorry that that happened, and it's really really unfortunate. Um, I, I think real quick, let me say this. I think when stuff like that happens, even in your life, it is important to note the moment. And I would just write out how I'm feeling or what's going on. And I would hide that letter for a year and see what happens. And I think that's a good example, or that's a good exercise in like seeing how things change and how you grow as a human being over time. So I just think that could be something you do as well. Um, excuse me. Welcome to this amazing life. This is one of my favorite names in the YouTube world. Sometimes I feel like my teachers don't understand us students, but I don't understand why because they were teens once too. They understand. Uh, do they understand our problems? I don't think. I don't think people remember what it was like to really be a teenager. Um, one of my favorite scenes of all time. I actually want to post this on Instagram. Is from this movie called The Breakfast Club. And there's a vice principal in there and he's talking to this janitor that's uh, and they're down in the basement of the school. And the vice principal is saying like, the kids changed, man. They all, they like, they turned on us and, and it's their fault. And the janitor goes, the kids didn't change, man. You did. Like the adults got older and they forgot what it was like. And they forget that, you know, teenagers can listen to stuff like, like Taylor Swift or uh, Bieber or, you know, any, any music like that, because it's all about heartbreak and falling in love. And that stuff's like right under the surface, right? Like teenagers, most of them have no scar tissue. So like, that's why your breakups like destroy you for months. When you're 42, if you break up with someone's like, oh, man, that sucks, but like, just move on with it. Like, it's not that big of a deal anymore. Um, it's like when I was little, like someone called me like a fart head, I'd probably get really upset about it. And now I'm just like, seriously, like that's, that's the best you got. Um, so I think teachers forget what it was like. I think there are rare teachers that try, like we, we try to remember it's still not easy all the time because the, the drama is so much or like how kids get anxious about stuff or excited about stuff or they don't think, and they just do. Um, but yeah, I think that it's just something that happens over time. And look, I, I think that happens so quickly that I see 10th graders come back every year and they look at my ninth graders and they go, we were not like this. And I go, you 100% were. So it is like, it's even amongst young people as they just don't remember what it was like to be them last year. And, and everyone thinks that they were just a dork. Which you got? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. You want me to sing? No. Wake me up before you go, go. Stop, I can't find one. Here I have one. What do you mean you can't find one? There's so many. Yo, yo. 
what a weird song. Who wrote that song? And they were like, this is a good idea. And then George Michael wrote it. a lot of it. weird musical and George, in the world. George Michael was like, this is it. This is my first hit right here, bro. Wake me up before you go-go. And then his mom was like, can I hear your new song? And then he talked about that. And she was probably like, this is it. Shut I knew up. you were a genius since you were born. Um, Kara is asking, <laughs> how do you handle admin that only cares about test scores? Not growth, but only... Passing percentage. If the passing percentage doesn't hit the mark, that then you are fired. I work at a school where reading, where reading and math scores are two to three grade lows, grade levels below. Uh, okay, so God, man, look. I sometimes look, Carrie. This is not a good answer. Sometimes I wonder if it's as easy as do you want to work at that school then. Like, you know, and I know that's such a hard question because I know that, like, for some of us, like, English and history positions are, like, we're a dime a dozen, right? Like, it's not like we're special ed science teachers where you're, like, a rare unicorn walking the world um, and everybody wants to have you on their team. But for the rest of us, when, like, jobs are just not there and and things are so strict like that, I just wonder if it's a, the place to be for you. Um, if it is, I think it's having the conversation with admin and saying, um, I'm trying to really understand this and wrap my head around it. You want me to have these students to hear how are we, could we possibly get there? And then look, that maybe that helps and maybe it doesn't. I think the last part is here's, here's something I like to just try and make myself think about. What if it had to be done? What if you had to get even a certain number of those students to pass that test? How would you do it? And I like this because I think these are like moonshot ideas is what uh, Pierre Diamantis talks about. Pierre Diamantis <clears throat> runs this thing called the X Prize. He's worth looking up and checking out his TED Talk. He comes up with these impossible ideas and then offers $10 million for people that come up with the best solution. So like how do we get to Mars? How do we get people to Mars? How do we get clean drinking water to everybody in the world? Um, how do we like manufacture meat without like raising cattle, like, like genetically modified kind of meat or like it's weird stuff, but it is so crazy in thought. But if you think like, what if I had to do this? I just think that that changes the paradigm a little bit and it makes you really start thinking about like, all right, well, like what would I have to do if I really was honing these skills and helping these kids get on point? Um, what would that look like? And then it kind of becomes a game for you and you're gamifying it. So I think one of those three things is, is what I would kind of do with that. Uh, but that's, that sucks. It, it's such a difficult thing because it's just so unfortunate that that's like where education is. And then you have to like figure out how to play a game within the game. And that's just difficult. Um, Arabella is saying, how would you deal with having a child with ADHD in your classroom? Um, I have tons of kids with ADHD and I'm pretty sure I have ADHD. And our child's ADHD. Oh man, bro. <laughs> uh, so we have lots of I would do a couple of things. One, if possible, I have a standing desk in the back of my room and that can just look like a desk that's a little bit taller than the rest. And so that kid has a little bit of room to move Two, I go to the, like the dollar store and or five and below and I buy things like Silly Putty or I got these like weird manipulative pieces of fruit last year or pipe cleaners. So pipe cleaners, you can just like wrap them around your finger, wrap them around your pencil. So if you look at kids like that, they always find anything like a paperclip or they take their pen apart into 97 different pieces and put it on their desk or they're drawing on something or coloring something in. It's about giving them something to do with that energy so that they can focus on what the task is at hand. I think also chunking your assignments up and keeping things like short and sweet. So if it's, we're, and letting them know, yo, look, uh, everybody put your attention on me. I need, I'm going to explain directions. I literally need 20 seconds. Do I have your attention for 20 seconds, my man? All right, I'm honing in on me, 20 seconds, that's it. Then you can go wild. All right, cool. And that doesn't really mean go wild, but like, um, then they know what the out is. They know how long about they have to pay attention for I think the same thing with activities, like giving them activities that's getting them moving in some way. So my co-teacher, um, this is probably not a very original idea, but she came up with it. I never thought of it before. When we do reviews for vocab, instead of me just asking questions or having to shout out answers, they have to hold up their 
card now. So like their, in, their index card with the vocab word and definition on it, that's how I know what the right answer is and if they know it. So there's just that little like thing where they're showing it, having kids making posters, making things out of clay, like moving around the room and doing an activity, all that stuff helps. And I'll tell you what really, really helped. And I don't know that this is something that everyone can do. When we did it, I, I posted this on Instagram like last week or something. We were in class and I wanted to do this activity where I walked really fast all around the school, up staircases, down staircases, through classrooms, um, down hallways, back down staircases, jumping over fences, jumping, going under railings and stuff like that. And we did it for about eight minutes in each class. Then we went back to the classroom and I explained why I did it. But yo, the kids that were wilding all the time, it really helped them to get their energy out. And then they felt so much more relaxed when we came back to class. All of my classes that day were super chill. And to the point where I want to be like, yo, I just kind of like want to do laps from now on. Be like, yo, who needs like a walk around the block real quick? Let's take a five minute walk around the block. Then we're going to come back to class. We're going to do work. It's going to be awesome. But like, what a great brain break for kids. Like that it's not dangerous. It's fun. You get out of class for a minute and like, um, yeah, I just think that that's something I would do again. Like I had a kid who has really, he's very, very ADHD. Um, he loved it. He was like, I wish we could do this every day. Cause now I just feel like I can come into class and do the work. And I was like, bro, now you're making me want to do it. Um, Matt Anderson is asking, how do you, when you're having a, I'm sorry, when you're having a crappy day, like everything is crap and the students are dot, dot, dot challenging. How are you, uh, how do you turn your day around? I do a couple things. Um, I will call my wife that my wife is like, is so look, when you get married, I think for me, it was, I didn't want to admit that my wife could help me or like, I wanted to be like my own, I was my own man and help from some woman. And so then I was like, realized that my wife knows me in, in some ways better than I know myself. So I will call her and say, I just need to tell you about what's going on. And she'll generally say something like, look, it's not that bad. Like, let's look at it like this. Or what if you just did this? And that is like giving me advice that I can't give myself because I'm too wrapped up in the situation. And she just like has a really good, does a really good job of kind of like clearing the smoke of the problem and then surveying the situation going, this is all we need to do. And that helps a lot of times. I think um, being mindful of the music that I'm listening to during the day, I think getting in front of the problem and handling it, <coughs> talking to those kids immediately that are giving you a hard time outside of class, after class, something like that can help also because you're not like just sitting with that issue. You're, you're going and talking to kids about it. Um, I think, you know, I'm trying to think of other stuff I've done lately when I'm having a really, I do. I read that. Uh, That's your go-to. Yeah. Um, Father, Gregory Father Gregory Boyle has a book and he works with these gang kids in New York or in LA. And I just think that it's, it's, it just fills my soul up like every time that I do it. Um, when I come home, I do a couple of things. I take a nap. I will have a cup of coffee and then I run. And that usually makes me feel a lot better. And if I have time, I'll meditate for like 10 minutes. That, that four things, even if you take the coffee out, it just makes me feel way better. All the time. It works every single time that I do it. Do you think if you had the time and you had a super crap day like that guy is or person is describing, do you think if you were so desperate and you went out into your car and meditated for 10 minutes, that that would be enough to shift your, yes. have a mind shift? But I am in, we're in the city. So it's like, and the parking lot's always busy. So like oh. I would get seen and that would be awkward. Okay. But I think, um, I like, dude, this is so corny. I like going on YouTube and I look up, I type in like happiness and then they have like all these like motivational speeches and stuff like that. With Like, I just think that shit works. Look, here's the bottom line is there's this old story of like these two wolves that live inside all of us, right? There's like the angry, like prideful, vengeful wolf and like the wolf that is like kind and happy and loving and stuff like that. And so which wolf wins? It's whichever one you feed the most. I like that these are my wolves. Um, whatever one you feed the most. So when I'm listening, when I'm meditating, when I'm running, when I'm being kind to other people, when I am uh, praying for people, when I, I am listening to that kind of stuff, when I'm listening to a certain kind of podcast, when I'm listening to a certain kind of music, 
I am trying to feed the good wolf all the time. I'm constantly shoveling food at him so that he gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And then I'm depriving that other wolf of gossip, of talking shit on people, of um, like music that just makes me angry, of movies or TV shows at night that just make me angry, of like drinking too much, like all that stuff just feeds the angry wolf and makes it stronger. I'm trying to make the, the, the good wolf stronger. I actually thought about that so much lately that I thought about getting another tattoo of a wolf. Interesting. Go for it. A wolf with your head on it. Can you get it howling at the moon in the middle of your back? <laughs> Just kidding. It sounds like it had been on the side of my van back in the day. With me on top of it, like riding it. <clears throat> no. No. Okay. Oh, that. Oh, your your idea didn't sound dumb. No. But once I was put on the back of it, a tattoo of a wolf on howling at the moon on my back. That was a good idea. Great, great work. Um, Lisa is saying, student's mom requested a different teacher this week because her son told her that another kid in class is bothering him and I watch it and do nothing. Admin knows it's not true, but it upsets me. Can you call um, that parent? That's what I want to know. And talk to that student and just say something like, I want you to know that your safety and your success in class are the only things I care about. I need you to know that, like at a heart level, like, and if something's ever going on, even if you do move to another class and something's happening there, I want you to know that I still care about you and I'd be willing to do anything that I can do for you. Um, send the message and then you don't know how it's received and it's not even your responsibility how it's received. We are in the job of giving gifts. And then if someone doesn't take that gift, um, that's up to them. Like, but you're just, you leave it at the door and then you walk away. And I, I think that that's what I would do. Like, don't let that parent just think that that about you. Not not because like your reputation or something like that, but like, um, no, stop that. Like, don't let that happen. And so I would communicate with the office and say, is it like, like technically, like, do you mind if I communicate with that with that parent or if they come in for a meeting or something like that? Like, I want to be a part of that. I'm not, I don't want my name sort of slandered like that. Um, as teachers, we do live off our reputation a lot. And so it's once that's slandered, it, it can be difficult. So I would get in front of that. First of all, did you see this comment? Um, should I not? You can read it. Christy said, have you been to Speedwell Forge Wolf Sanctuary in Lidditz, PA? You would love it. All rescued wolves. You can take a tour. Our daughter would have a no. fit. She mm -hmm. loves well, uh, huskies because she's like, oh, yeah. Nope. Nope. We're gonna go. Go there now. Are you writing that down? Yay! Homeschool lesson. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, all their awkward homeschool kids there too. Okay. Here you go. Thank you though. Uh, James Hoff is saying, "How do you find time for you? What are some tips to carve out time for yourself?" James, I schedule everything. Um, and look, I'm not always good at taking time for myself. Sometimes life has to punch me in the face. Like last week, I felt like I was going to get sick. Or your wife needs and, to tell you. Yeah, my wife does. So I felt like I was going to get sick because I was just like not giving myself enough time. And I had to figure out that like I had to take time for myself. So um, this week I did, I went to the woods with Brody one day. We also started watching a show called Raising Dion on Netflix because it's like a pretty good show for the whole family. And we've been watching an episode of that just about every night. Um, and that's good family time. I get up every morning and I hang out with my wife. We have a morning meeting every single day. I get up this year. I'm only getting up right now. I'm getting up around 5:50. Um, I'm downstairs by 6:25, something like that. And then we sit until like five or seven and just have coffee and just talk about like our life and all good stuff. Like we're not allowed to talk about anything darker or difficult. Like at that time, no business talk. It's like just kind of dreaming and and caring about each other and talking about cool stuff. So that really, really helps me. I think find times in between too. Like on the way to work, I'm jamming. Like I'm listening to music and I'm like, I'm going nuts. So it's just, I was talking to Marty about that last night. So it's, it's those kinds of little things that you can do for yourself where you're giving yourself little gifts all day long to help out. And then I just refuse to let people take my joy. Like I just like, it's like planting my flag in the ground. And I just, when kids are trying to piss me off, I go, nope, you don't get my joy, bro. No matter what, like you don't control me. And having boundaries with people or things, or even your job is teaching, right? Yeah. You've so this is the first year that I've ever 
I lock my door until 15 minutes before class starts because there's just too many. I'm teaching six out of eight periods. There's too much paperwork. There's too much stuff to do. And for me to get a start on the day, I literally have to lock my door and kids can't come in until a quarter of because otherwise I end up just talking with students and hanging out with them and meeting their needs. And then my needs for the day don't get met. So then I'm behind and I don't have everything in order. And after school is the same way. Like I'll maybe lock my door for like 20 minutes and then everybody knows that I'm going to open it up and then they can come in and hang out and do whatever. But it's like, nope, I need this quiet time to get done the thing I need to get done. And that really, really works. It's magical. When you're just in your room by yourself and it's so quiet, it's just like, oh, this is like magic sauce. What do you got, dude? What do you got there? I still have to run after this today. I, I didn't run this morning. I don't know if that's necessarily a question. Uh, Devin317 is saying, my friend's mother just told me that they are allowed their second graders to watch the movie Friday. I know California lacks values, but I never know it was this bit. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd let my second grader watch watch yeah, Friday. I'm not a big believer in SpongeBob, but when our kids went to preschool, I remember them coming home and they yeah. like, knew who SpongeBob SquarePants was. And I personally, in my morals and my set, like I find SpongeBob to be very, very offensive and not something that I want. But that was my even growing up. To, like we were like, there were all kinds of shows that like, like four were available for I'm students, saying, no. like. We didn't do Teletubbies. We didn't do Barney. But they did that in public school with my kids. Yeah. It, it really Or my grandmoms, because my grandmom just thought it was a cartoon. She's easy. <clears throat> I, I remember my kids being like six and watching Family Guy at my grandmother's house because she was like, I, I go over and I'm like, Graham, what are they, why are you letting me watch this? And she was like, oh, it's a cartoon. Kid, are you paying attention to anything that they're saying? Like, it, it is not just a cartoon. Mm -hmm. Um. E. E.E. E. Newton is saying, first year teacher, teachers around me say, oh, I'd cover X subject in um, one and a half weeks, half weeks, something like that, uh, one to two weeks. When I think about it, it seems like I can't stretch it to fill one class period. How do you plan to cover a subject? Um, I think it depends. Like there's certain stuff, there are books that I could literally want to get through in like two weeks. Like I just like don't want to spend a lot of time. Um, or stuff that the school needs me to do that I don't want to spend a whole lot of time. There's other stuff like I I could read Lord of the Flies for like three months. Like it's not even that big of a book, but there's so much stuff to pull out of it. I think Fahrenheit 451 is the same way. But when we read Merchant of Venice, I want to be done that shit in like two weeks. Like I just don't want to read it for that long. Like it loses something when you do it. It's It's like the equivalent of like watching five minutes of a movie a day is like, it's not that fun if you do that. It's only fun if you watch the whole thing at once. So I, I think you decide what your students need and what pace they require, and then you act accordingly. Like other teachers are just going to be useful for like, it's like, great, you can do that. Awesome. Like, but I am going to do it like this and then just see what happens. Like, and you're a first year teacher. So be, be I think being mindful of the fact that you don't know everything yet is good. Like just noting that. Um, and, and I'm saying that because I thought I knew a lot more than I actually did my first year teaching. And I would dog a lot of other teachers. I'm not saying you're doing that. It doesn't feel like you are. Um, but take their consideration with the same grain of salt and then learn from your mistakes or from your successes as the rest of the year goes on. But yeah. Um, SB is saying, what subject do you teach? Uh, are you primary? I teach ninth grade literature and the history of hip hop. And so that's secondary. Um, I don't teach primary. It was a really strong consideration, but um, I think, I don't know. The sub plans are easier in high school than they are in elementary school. Oh, I know, man. When I hear people talk about sub plans, like, bam. Mm -hmm. I know. I have to take a day off next week and I'm just like, all I have to do is just come up with like these four quick things for someone to do. Plus, Kayla will be there. She doesn't know that yet, though. So I wonder if she watches this. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I'm, there's a lot of questions. You're really, you're really struggling. No, I'm trying to see it. Like I don't want to. We're gonna. Have, are we gonna have to have Edie do this from now on? No. No, I already gave her enough. Edie's the someone best. Someone said, "Is it okay to cry in class if you're a student?" Uh oh, gosh. 
Um, is it okay to cry in class if you get stressed as a student? In my class, you can cry whenever you want. Um, I really have a hard time not crying sometimes. Um, yeah, it is really dark. It looks like, look, it looks like I'm in a mine shaft. Um, I think that's fine. Like, like what's, what's the big deal? Uh, you know, I, as a student, I think it's always the concern is like, are you going to get crap for it from other kids afterwards? Um, but if you're strong enough about who you are, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, Alexis is asking first, first year SPED teacher, first of all, thanks for teaching SPED kids or for teaching special education. I know SPED kids is like, doesn't I know, sound I hate right. that term. But that's what everyone says because no one wants to say special education all the time. It takes too long. <laughs> it's like a whole other half second. Um, I am split five, six resource math and eight, nine resource math and English. Oh gosh, that's a lot of different stuff. I love my kids, but I struggle. I'm on the struggle bus with the English part. Math is logical and English liter literacy is very hard. Tips. Alexis, I would ask um, the teacher in advance what you need to know. Look, if I don't, I think there's so much stuff on the internet that you can get ahead of where your students are. So like, let's say you're reading a book and you don't have time to read the whole book, but you know, at school they're reading the Odyssey. I would look up thug notes on the Odyssey. I would watch a movie on the Odyssey. I would look up like blogs that someone wrote about the Odyssey. I would just find like short and sweet answers to stuff to give you some knowledge as to what's going on in the story without sitting there and having to read the entire novel so that you could go in when there's four or five other classes to prep for as well. And then asking the teacher, especially since your first year, what, so if, if you're in a, I, I didn't actually clarify that, but if you're in a class with a, with a regular ed teach, teacher, asking what can I do to make the best of this assignment right now? Like what, how am I of the most used to you and the students in here? And that's something that not a lot of people ever ask. And I think that that's really opens a conversation up and shows them that you're willing to do whatever you need to do to help. Otherwise, just try and stay one step ahead of the kids. That's what I do. <clears throat> when I first started teaching, I remember we were reading, student teaching, we were reading The Scarlet Letter. And I had to just, I was, as long as I was a chapter or two ahead of where everybody else was, I just felt like I was pretty good. Like I didn't have to know the end of it. Um, and that's kind of where, where I went with it. So that's, that's what I would do. I would ask around. Um, and that's a good question too. Look, I think if you go to the Facebook group, Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook, you could drop that question in there. And I guarantee you get a ton of good responses from people, um, from special ed teachers, especially that will help you kind of navigate those waters. Uh, Boone Squad 72 is asking, how do you attack your professional growth plan? Uh, gosh, man. So this is one of my things I have to do this year is I have like, it's like, it is coming up with goals for myself and it's actually not that bad, right? Like I thought it was going to be this like totally stupid thing that I had to do. It's actually not that bad. I'm all really goal oriented anyway, though. Like I, at the, we're coming up on that time of the year too, wife, where it's the end of the year. I look at all of my goals that I had planned out for this year and I assess how I got to them, which ones I didn't get to, how I could have done better and gotten to them. Um, and then I look at this upcoming year, what kind of things do I want to succeed in? And then what I do is I break them into micro actions. So that's all it is, is like getting from here to here is just you breaking it down into micro actions so that you, they are not overwhelming and that you can just slowly build it over time. And that's how I do every single goal in my life. What you got there? I think that's why I like I the couch to 5k thing. Yeah. I started running Couch to 5K has you like run like, oh, was it 15 minutes a day? And you like- It's like it's just a process. But it's like run little, for 30 seconds and then walk for a minute and then run for 60 seconds and walk for two minutes. And That's like, your gig with everything. You take anything and make it into these small, obtainable chunks. Yeah. Yeah. And do little things at a time. You're absolutely correct. Thank you. Um, Manny C is asking, what's the best first teacher the best book? Oh, the best first- OBS educate got to teaching, which is by me, which comes out in March. Um, other than that, I think I don't, I'm going to go against what most people say. I, I'm not going to say Harry Wong. I don't think that's the best book. Um, I, I never even particularly liked that book. I would say reading something like 
anything by Rafe Esquith, especially uh, what was his first? Teach like a Harrison No, that was his second oh. book. His um. first book was Snap. Hey Google, what was Rafe Esquith's first book? Darn it, she doesn't know who Reef Esquith is. I think it's like, all right, she, she's going to look up. Or I would say. Lighting their fires? No. This is taking oh, away. Oh, real talk, real talk. No. Real talk, that's not it. Are no, you sure? I'm positive, dude, as I read it. There are no shortcuts by Rafe Esquith. I think that's the first book that I would read. Um, you can read anything by him. And then my other go-to books are anything by Father Gregory Boyle. I don't care if you're religious. It doesn't really know. It doesn't really matter that. Richard Royster, I knew you would say that. Um, it doesn't really matter if you're religious at all. It is about <laughs> human beings caring for one another deeply and never, ever, ever, ever giving up on one another. And I think that is the game of education, period. Um, yeah. You Teach good? like a girl, if you follow her on Instagram, she just um, posted an image of like all of her favorite first-year teacher books. And she had an interesting uh, list. So... You yeah, I don't read a lot of teacher books either. Like, I, I know a lot of people that write them. Um, so I would even say, like, Adam Welcome's uh, and Todd Nesloni's Kids Deserve It is a good book. Um, but I just don't – that's just not how I roll. Like, I, I like I think I get more out of business books than I do out of education books. Because well, I just, look at – your viewpoint on books is always interest, like self, like how can I better myself? Better myself and also how can I help people? And I think learning how to help people, listen to people, communicate with people, read, be more intuitive really, really helps. Um, I've never read a teacher book. Uh, CJ's will be mm -hmm. my first, Unicorns. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so that's it for this evening. Couple of things before you go. If you're in Akron, Ohio, or anywhere near it, the Teach Better Conference, and you want to go, um, hit me up, and I can get you that coupon code. And even if you just want to see how much the coupon code is, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Just shoot me an email real quick. Edie will let me know that I need to communicate that with you. Um, two, if you need mentoring, we're still available for mentoring. Uh, I've been getting a lot of mentees lately. It's really, really fun. I feel like I feel like everyone's satisfied. All we the have time. never had one person. Like not Save like it. A, a strategy. Yeah, that that's fun. Um, the book. I tomorrow I'm going to finalize the cover with the artist. It's almost done. And then, um, what are you doing? You pulling up the, the image? Yeah, yeah, we can show them real quick. So this is the image we're working with right now. Yeah. This is graffiti artist from Philly that does the artwork for me. Um, I'm sorry, that doesn't look very good, but. Uh, so that's what we're working with right now. And then, um, yeah, we're on point to have that thing come out in March. And I'm so, so excited. Um, and then that's it. And then if you want to sign up for professional development, Upgrade Ed's available, upgradeed.education. That's it, right? Conferences. All about this. All about conferences. I think it was really good. I felt really good about it. Yeah, like, it I was, like, I wish, like, I felt good about my part, especially. I think I did <laughs> a better job than Bridget and Michelle, actually. Mm, okay yeah so let's leave it there <laughs> i'll, I'll um, let them know i'll be sure to tell them you said that yeah cool thanks everyone i hope you have a really great week and i want to say special thanks to jake who makes this thing into a podcast every week so if you want to listen to it as a podcast and not just ruin all of your data you can go ahead and do that too because jake makes it possible um that's it everybody have a great week peace and that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it, and I hope you have a great week. Peace.